Welcome to Punta Vista, <laughs> episode 60, uh, 66. Wow. So close. You just really went right into it, huh? So close to slipping up there. 66. No, I think that was perfect. No Thank one you. could complain about that inch. <laughs> Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Theo. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm here with Theo. And of course, hey. with Ben. Hi. And we're here to talk about episode 66. That takes me back to the grand year of 1966. And we all know what happened in 1966, don't we? Wait, before you say it, can Theo and I try and guess? Sure. Um, you go. You go first, Ben, because I think I have a more educated guess. Uh, well, that, that's not mean. I'm now literally. <laughs> I'm just checking to see if you're muting your audio at any place so that you can start typing silently. No, uh, no, 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 no. I I know what he's on about. I'm going to pretend that I don't for for a little bit, and then um, and then spring, come back in your with, trap with the real answer. Ben, 1966, three years before Woodstock. Uh, the toaster was invented. Ooh, that's, well, was it? Well, could be. Was it, or is so. that a guess? That was absolutely a guess, and I think oh, okay. now thinking about it, the toaster was probably invented in the thirties or forties. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's find out. Uh, you go, Theo. Until nineteen sixty-six, where we first grilled bread. <laughs> I didn't say toast we was a finally worked it out. <laughs> Just the electric toaster. Uh, it was, of uh, course, the last time Andrew had sex. Oh, oh hey, uh, hey. Oh, wow. This dusty oh, old shit. penis. Uh, All right. Oh. For the record, the toaster invented in 1893. <laughs> pretty <laughs> so close. So you were close. You were close. Pretty well spot on, yeah. You were um, close. For, for uh, reference, uh, it was when we switched from pounds to whatever it is we have now. I believe it's probably the metric system. Oh, is that a callback from the last episode? I, oh, I, cop, I cop some grief about that one, didn't I? Yeah, I, I didn't listen to the last episode because I don't listen to the podcast, but I have listened to the grief. You were on the last episode. I don't think I was. <laughs> I think you might have. You definitely No, were. I came in afterwards. I came in afterwards because I stumbled drunk oh, through the front true. door. You, no, you stumbled uh, in drunkenly through the podcast door. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like the door slamming. Everything's dark except the, my silhouette against like lightning crashing behind me. <laughs> Daddy's home. Well, guys. really picking up the microphone. I'll tell you. Um. I'll tell you what 1966 makes me think of. When I think of 1966, I'm transported to 12 months later in 1967 <laughs> when the Beatles released <laughs> Strawberry Fields Forever. So your your reference that you're pulling out for 1966... Is it as one year? Is it events <laughs> from 1967? Is that it's basically adjacent to, um, to Strawberry Fields Forever. We've had a bit of strawberry news, haven't we? You know what a roller coaster this podcast is. makes me think of? Makes me think of the year 1966 and then 50 years later in the year 2016. Yeah. Uh, what when, happened then? Oh, fuck. I can't even I think, think of anything that happened in 2016. Well, see, at least yeah, I've got Yeah, that's when 9 11 happened. <laughs> at least I've got a connection to make, pal. Fuck. Um, that's right, folks. Australia is in the grip of um, strawberry needle hysteria. Yeah, all right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. 
So we'll talk about was, this after, but Theo's phrase. So, what's been going on with all the uh, all the death fruit, fellas? Oh, this is just from me, from my personal perspective. Oh fuck! I've had a few beers. Uh, so I've had to write news stories about the strawberry things a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with writing headlines is that you have like a, a relatively small amount of characters that you can describe it in. This phenomenon is really hard to describe concisely, right? Because if you say strawberry contamination, it doesn't imply the sort of the willful, uh, you know, the the willful element of it, right? That it's being done intentionally. Uh, if you say strawberry sabotage, that sounds like you're trying to be jokey about it. It's a bit funny. Mm-hmm. But if you just what about, say... Uh, what about tampering? It's alliterative. Yeah, tampering, I, feel like, I feel like tampering me, is pretty good. Tampering has like an association in my head with there being some mechanical element to it. Although I, I, I guess it does apply. I don't, it's just really hard to describe. So every time I end up like sort of dumb fuck wise just being like the needles in strawberries problem that we've got <laughs> at the moment. It's pretty bad. So, um, so seeing as you have written about it, would you like to kind of try to try to sum up what the deal is? Well, it's all very confusing. Uh, so, there were a bunch of original... The original thing was that there were strawberries found in Queensland, I believe. Queensland and Western Australia? That had sewing needles in them. Uh, that originally was believed to be from a disgruntled employee. And by uh, sewing needles, we mean the little metal pins. Not the... They're not like... They don't arrive in the box with a huge... Like knitting needle poked. Are you thinking oh, of yeah, knitting, no, by, knitting needles? Theo? By sewing needles, I mean sewing needles, not <laughs> oh, knitting okay. needles. Sorry, that's where I was getting confused. <laughs> yeah, I can see how you're confused. Yeah. Uh, you're not so, talking about like strawberry kebabs. No. That's a good idea, though. <laughs> it's not terrible. Uh, the police have said now that they don't think that that's what it is. They don't think it was a disgruntled employee. Well, that means we don't know what it is. Uh,. And there's been something like a hundred reported cases, over a hundred is what they've said, uh, reported cases of strawberries being found in fruit. Uh, they believe yes, that a strawberries lot of these, are often found in fruit. Yes. Oh fuck! Selling needles found in fruit, uh, and which has included now apples and bananas as well. But um, like from all over the place, right? It's turning up in all different over. places and everything. So the the New South Wales government, uh, well, New South Wales police have come out and said that. Uh, they think all of the cases that have happened in New South Wales have been pranksters and copycats, so not related to the original incidents, which I think is what the consensus for a lot of uh, the things that have cropped up have been so far. So part of the weird, crazy new legislation that they're adding uh, for punishing people for putting uh, sewing needles in fruit very specific uh, legislation uh, yes. very specific i don't even know if it's specifically for strawberries or for any food i haven't looked into it uh is that also pretending to have found them is also uh, a crime that they're harshening the sentence for jesus christ it's um it's always cool to know in these sorts of situations that like just just sprinkled out amongst society are tons of psychopaths who see a news story about like, uh, you know, needles and pins being concealed in fruit and sold in public. And they go, great idea. Great idea. Why didn't I think of that? I'm going out to get some, some little needles immediately. 
Better go put him in some fruit. Um, it's 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 extremely strange the whole copycat thing. It is like, fucking baffling. Like bonkers. I, so the night that this happened, I was working, uh, and I had there are like two people in the entire company that are below me. And I had another person working with me was, and one of them was like, oh, I don't know if this story is really worth picking up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's not really anything, but we may as well just do a weird thing about the supermarkets having to recall strawberries or whatever. And then this just Don't sell yourself off. short. Don't sell yourself in your, in your uh, news nose short. No, I mean, this literally wasn't me being like, this is going to be huge. I was just like, oh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. And also like the recall stuff is, I don't know, it's kind of maybe something you should do so that people know if they've got you know, something fucked going on. But I just saw that and thought this will blow over nearly instantly, not realizing that like this has completely turned the entire country insane to the point that uh, like the the Queensland government has put aside a million dollars to give to, which honestly between the entire industry is not that much considering it's like a hundred million dollar industry in Queensland or something. Uh, but they've put aside a million dollars to help the farmers with this because the impact has been that like people just don't fucking want to buy strawberries now because no one is like fanging for strawberries people see strawberries and they're like oh i may as well get some but if you've got even a slight inkling in your brain like oh i don't know might be a sewing needle in there these might have a sharp metal object in them that that's like enough because you're never like you're always on the borderline and having even a vague association with something like that happening, you're just going to be like, oh, no, I don't think so. Like, I reckon once they measure the impact this has had on the industry over the year, it is probably going to be catastrophic. Oh, yeah. And it only takes one weird thing like this, doesn't it? it I mean, certainly from that, like, it, it just baffles me the whole kind of, the whole... I don't know whether whether it's like a, a sort of weird collective hysteria of people going, yes, I too should go out and stick some of these in some fruit and then they will get found and people will be like, oh my God, they're everywhere. Or, yeah, if, is it is it just... Is it just like the whole social proof thing where people just need to see a thing happen to go, yeah, if I want to do that, it's okay now. Like, because, uh, you know, you can you can find tons of studies about is that whole weird thing whereas the moment that people see a particular kind of like shitty behavior exhibited in front of them in public by somebody they go cool i can do it too and humans are very weird like that it's not why you'd want to no but i it's i don't know this whole thing is i am i'm genuinely so curious to find out what the fuck this is because the the straw um, the needles have been found in something like five different brands or they were saying five brands like a couple of days ago then I saw something yesterday to the fact that it was maybe three brands of strawberries but like this is crazy like how does this I I don't know it's utterly baffling they've made one arrest so far um, New South Wales police made the first arrest uh, at the start of the week uh, for someone they described as a young boy uh, they described him as a prankster. Uh, so this is not loves loves japes. Yeah, loves just pulling out a jape or two. So this isn't for the OG crime. This is someone that you know copied it afterwards or whatever. But I just can't. 
I said, look, this might just be me. And I don't know if this is just an old school, somewhat conservative belief. Don't fucking put sharp shit in fruit. People eat that. Like, fucking kids have been hospitalized because they fucking bit into them. Like, if you're trying to express your anger through crimes, don't do ones that are going to fucking put sewing needles into the roof of children's mouths. (laughs) Of all the things. Of Of all all the things. things. Yeah, the whole thing is extremely weird to me. Um, It's like like whenever there's... um, you know, a crazy murder or a serial killer or something like that. And they say, let's open up a hotline and people can tell us if they know anything about it. And like hundreds or thousands of people contact them and say, yes, I have information about this case. And they just have to sift through like hundreds of people who have fucking nothing to do with it. And just always makes me go, what would possess you? What would possess you to uh, stick needles in a strawberry because you had seen that other people were doing it or to, like, you know, contact an FBI hotline and say, I have information about the case. <laughs> Wouldn't you think that, like, well, like what if you what if you contacted them and said, uh, I have information about the case, and then you talked to them and they said, hey, this is all bogus. Maybe you're trying to hide something. Wouldn't you be worried about getting stitched up for it? If, uh, if, or if sewn up, out? I think. Ooh. Oh, sorry. What? What was that? Hmm? There. Sorry, my mic's working again now. Um, That's good. He can come back in with the. Well, the I just had to test it. Just I, had to test it. No, I just, I just missed what you. No, you didn't. What did you correct let's, Andrew let's, on there? No. All right. No, it is very weird, Andrew. <laughs> I think, uh, as you were saying. Oh, you're just moving on from my question. Okay. Yep. Yep. And since we're talking about uh, retro stuff. Retro stuff like the Beatles, the Strawberry Fields. Uh, you know, we could talk about some other some other crazy retro stuff that we all love, like um, blackface. Blackface, oh, yeah. it's back, how, baby. How it, Australia it can't really stop left. doing blackface. Yeah. I have you guys noticed that like um, that's like the the joke now among online people about like. Uh, you know, resetting the counter for days since Australia's last blackface incident has just become completely ubiquitous. Oh, yeah. I just saw like 150 people make that same joke about this thing. Um, You know, we've we've spoken about this before at length. Like when in a previous episode, we had a friend of the show, uh, Victor Rodriguez on from uh, Bloody Elbow and other things. And yeah, we sort of, we talked to him about just why why Australians can't stop doing it? Why they can't stop doing it? And of course, and also we, spare a thought for the for the guy that's actually resetting that counter because he's up and down that ladder all oh. day, like the guy from uh, the Four Candles sketch. Just doesn't get a break. I don't know what the Four Candles sketch is. Moving on, <laughs> this time. <laughs> So this time it was a uh, it was a Tasmanian football club, and they were doing their uh, Mad Monday celebrations. Can uh, look? I don't know if this outs me as some sort of massive nerd, Peterful. sports folk <laughs> queer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the fuck is a Mad Monday? 
It's it, no, I'm it, with you. What what? Run us through it, Andrew. The the most sporty person on the podcast. Ah, uh, well, look once oh, once I again don't know about all that. Well, no, once once again <laughs> we have we have come unstuck by the fact that um we have the three people on the podcast who were all raised in states that don't really give AFL much of a go. The good states. Yeah, or yeah. territories, if you will. Um. So yeah, uh, I grew up in Canberra, which. It does not or did not have an AFL team. Um, what does what does Brisbane have? The Lions, Brisbane Lions. Yeah, not not a team. Yep, but uh, generally speaking, it's a it's more of a Victoria thing. All the AFL stuff. My vague understanding of it is that Mad Monday is basically it's basically muck up day for a footy team, uh, except also you get hammered and arrested and stuff like that. Um, it's a it's a weird one because obviously it's very it's very persistent. Is this every Monday? <laughs> <laughs> every Monday, uh, the person who invented the AFL was also an avid reader of Garfield, and they said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not my sport. We are not going to hate Mondays." We now, need a, if we I need remember this correctly, Garfield loves Mondays and he hates lasagna. Got it. Spot on. Hmm. Okay. Spot on. Um, yeah, and you would think after the number of incidents that had occurred um, that, like, maybe you would stop doing this? I don't know. Like, not not the blackface specifically, but just the, like, club-sanctioned, you know, go and get, go and get rat shit for a, a whole oh, weekend or whatever. You want to ban muck-up day? Just because yeah, the to- grade 12s put cellophane over the toilets and <laughs> yeah. the kids had really bad diarrhea. And- yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, Wikipedia tells us that Mad Monday is a term commonly used in Australia to refer to the traditional end-of-season celebration for professional players of various codes of football. Well, yeah, see, I think I might have outed myself as not a great league fan because the Mad Monday scandal from a couple of weeks ago was for the Bulldogs, uh, the, the NRL kind, right? Yeah, yeah, so they're both getting into it. Uh, football matches are typically played on weekends, so as the season nears its end with teams being eliminated by Sunday night, all results have been determined and teams will then know if they are to continue in the finals or if their season is over. With the season finished, Mad Monday celebrations ensue, often involving heavy drinking. Over the years, Mad Monday celebrations have been the catalyst for image-damaging incidents for professional footballers. Uh, so, like um, this one the- in question. Uh, so, the, so the incident with the guy that um, inis- inexplicably posted a photo of him uh, pissing in his own mouth. Oh, so Was good. that a Monday or did that happen on one of the other six I days? I thought that might have been a weekend. Uh, what about the guy that mimed fucking a dog? Was that on a Monday or was that, uh, was that a weekend? Probably all Mondays, I'm going to say. I uh, just, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I only recently found out that I went to primary school with a guy that mimed fucking a dog. He was in the grade above me. Nice. Uh, I, went to, I went to uh, what, what we in the Australian Capital Territory call college, which is years 11 and 12. And well, that, I went. That doesn't sound right. Sure, it doesn't. It's, it's weird. Um, but I, I was in the same class as a guy, uh, who, so I, I went to a school that like, um, had a thing called the talented sports program and it was a sounds, school. Of, sounds so condescending. Very good at sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> B- 
But it was it was basically like a, a feeder system for NRL teams, you know, stuff like that. Um, and this guy in my team was uh, in my team in my class uh, was uh, was a footy player, was a league player, and wound up uh, being in the Raiders. And of course, he was then arrested for like uh, public indecency and urination and spitting on cops and stuff in King's Cross. Like three years later. And I said, of course, of course you were. So this incident that we're talking about is a Tasmanian football club. And their three players uh, did blackface. Now, I just want to, I just want to say when we say blackface, we're talking head to toe, uh, every inch of them. Uh, all of them, you can see each of them. You can see like their, their arms, their legs, their heads and necks. And it is just absolutely every square inch of them. And now, for keen-eared observers of this show and <laughs> Australia's race problems, uh, we had the whole thing last week with Mark Knight and his and his great cartoon. It's great Serena Williams cartoon. Uh, so these guys thought it would be a great idea to don head-to-toe blackface as the Williams sisters. And uh, the third guy was uh, dressed up as a Kenyan-born Sydney Swans AFL player, Aaliyah Aaliyah. <sighs> Which is great. Do you think great they pulled stuff. it off, though? No. Okay. <laughs> no. It's, it's uh, almost like this... It's almost great like question. This, <laughs> it's almost like the strawberry thing, though. Like, the that's another thing in, like, the Australian psyche that, like, as soon as something racist happens... We all have to immediately jump on the copycat wagon and be like, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to be just a little bit more racist than that. Well, so, so in, in this, oh my God, just from this thing on ABC News, uh, one of the players used the image as his profile on Facebook before deleting it on Wednesday morning. My goodness. Um, so, uh, my my weird take on this was that like, it was so immediately and roundly condemned when this came into the news that I couldn't help but interpret this as giving a whole bunch of, like, right-wing figures a really easy get. Like, all the people who spent all week saying that the Serena Williams cartoon definitely wasn't racist all got to say, oh, this one's definitely racist. (laughs) They all got, like, a really easy slam dunk to finally call a thing racist and admit that racism exists, you know? Like, Joe Hildebrand called this one super racist. It's sort of like a, um, uh... Fuck. Uh, what do you... Theo, what do you call the... The the solenoid for their racism. They put it... They have to show that they have some of it, so they direct it towards that thing. But, uh, the rest of culture stays untouched. Does that work? Does that scan? Um, I might need a gui- diagram. We can talk this through afterwards. Yeah, we'll do it later. We'll, if, we'll if put you'll... it in the in the show notes, um, along with our full working. I think at the end. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> in case you guys were worried, I got some great news from this article. It does say that um, the football club put out a statement, said that the incident did not happen on club premises, and it was completely unacceptable behaviour. And, get this, we can all breathe a sigh of relief. It said their actions were not intended to be racist. <laughs> so, here, here was me jumping to conclusions. 
looking oh, at it and thinking... Wait, hang on. Uh, I know this is a bit early. Can I issue a correction? To the thing I just said? or N- No, the thing I just said. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah. When I said solenoid, I meant sacrificial anode. Uh, I hope that makes what that I said is, more yeah, clear. That, that makes way more sense, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, carry on, Andrew. I'm sure that makes plenty of sense to some people. I'm not one of them. Um, so, yes. Uh, it was not their intention. This is a quote from the uh, from the statement. It was not their intention to upset anyone, and all they meant to do was dress as one of their sporting idols. Fuck off. Oh, my Jesus. Not, not a chance in hell. Not even... A little percentage chance could that be true? You look at the photo of them and they're all grinning like naughty schoolboys. Like, they meant to dress up as one of their sporting idols. Their actions were never intended to be racist in any way. Those concerned will be reprimanded and will be given support to make sure they understand that their behavior was racist and hurtful. My goodness love to uh love to paint myself black from head to toe the whole time thinking uh what a nice tribute this is to my hero fucking hell we're doing uh we're doing great we're doing great with race in this it's country a good the moment, country yep remember uh remember several episodes ago i don't want to say how many i want to say it was maybe episode 61 uh a day at the racists uh, where we talked about Fraser Anning's maiden speech to the Senate, where he uh, he talked about, among other things, desiring a final solution to the immigration problem. Talked about, uh, you know, the, the supremacy of white Christian blood, all that kind of stuff, bloodlines. Really rousing speech. Uh, and we also talked about Bob Catter's uh, batshit insane defense of him, uh, which included him saying, ah, uh, oh, he hasn't read any books. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't. He don't know what words are. He's never read a book before in his life. Never. He's never read a book. He doesn't know history. He's just a senator. <laughs> what why, do they need to know? Why would you want to? Why would you want a senator to know anything? So, in light of that, uh, here's a post that Senator Fraser Anning made to uh, Twitter just yesterday. Uh, In critical theory, ethnic and religious minorities, radical feminists, sexual deviants, third world immigrants, and anti-social criminals could take the place of the proletariat to create a post-communist revolution, deconstructing traditional values and the white family. It is impressive um, just how he has managed to cover just about everything hateful in in one single sentence yeah you do apparently got to hand it to uh you Anning for being you do not you absolutely don't <laughs> under no circumstances must under you no hand it to him i mean like obviously this guy's a fruitcake but he does kind of have a point that, oh <laughs> you know you sound like we, you're handing it to him if we destroy the institution of the white family uh who's going to take Photos where everyone has closed their eyes because of the flash and they're all wearing matching sweaters that don't fit them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's an important cultural artifact that I think we need to maintain. Yep. 
if the white family is destroyed, who who is going to teach me that when I see someone on the street uh, that I know or don't know that I should stretch my face into a flat grimace that's some sort of sick simulation of a smile? Look, if I knew how to make a different face when I pass someone in the street, I would do it. But uh, I I always I always feel so bad every time I see like every time I see one of those tweets that's like, hey, white people be smiling at strangers like this and i i feel really terrible because i'm like i know i can feel my face doing it mm, yep just looking I'm at the picture. so aware yeah. i'm so aware of it oh. yeah, white people being almost hitting someone when they go around a corner and then saying oop oop <laughs> hey if we uh if we get rid of the white family who's gonna pose for the the front of the boxes of boggle Hmm. <laughs> where, where the, it's a family of four and they're all staring at Boggle and they're all throwing their arms up. Uh, they've all got the look in their eyes as of a serial killer who's just about to just about to make their kill. Yeah. I mean, we can't have one group of white people do the same covers for all of them. Yahtzee? No. It's got to be a different family. Scrooble? Oop words? Scrooble? <laughs> These are, I'm saying they're original Scandinavian names. Scruble. Oopwell. Burgle. Perfect. <laughs> Trouble. Perkshinary. Scurdigurries. Scurdigurries. We're just doing Swedish chef now. We're just doing some great bread. Scurdigurries. You're right. Manoopoli. <laughs> Oh, God. I love a little game of manoeuvre. <laughs> oh, great Every stuff. Every has an umlaut. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. It's, it's either an umlaut or the, the slash through it. Yes, yes. Just a mix of them in a way that would infuriate anyone who could actually mm. interpret those. Would you like to join me for a game of bulldadouche? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I have um, I have some good and bad news. Yeah. Uh, so, despite what all science told us was going to happen, uh, the city of Sydney is still on the map. Oh, boo! Uh, so I'm, I'm we not are sure at nine twenty p.m. Uh, twenty uh, minutes after it was supposed to have been wiped off the face of the earth. Um, which to the absolute dismay of nobody, but it still stands. It's still there. Uh, so it was predicted that at 9 p.m. this evening, a tsunami would hit uh, uh, around Sydney from Nowra to Newcastle, I believe, was, was what I saw, uh, with a death toll of 400,000. Uh, and... Yeah, it's now it's now nine twenty, and the city is still standing. The insufferable inhabitants of Australia's most toilet city are still doing their interminable posts on Twitter, uh, and it appears that the floodwaters have not arrived. Yeah, like oh, look at me! I work at a media company. I do an ounce of cocaine a week. Oh, look at me! I like wearing wide-brimmed floppy hats and wearing white linen trousers standing on ceilings drinking champagne <laughs> yeah. Sydney people love going to brunch 
Anyone else notice that? Oh, they do be doing that. They do be going to brunch a lot and taking photos of it. It was uh, my my wife watched like an episode or two of Who, we, we were talk we were talking about this on the on the show a while ago. Um shitty reality shows and we were trying to figure out the name of, of this show where they like make over they make over like ugly British people. Like shitty. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was it called? Like like Binge zero, Robot? Zero to Hot or whatever. Yeah, the, the Binge Bint Robot, yeah. You talk oh, to the fuck, Bint I robot. can't remember it again. Yep. We're what was real. the other one? Was it like 100% hot or something? Yeah, no. It's That's the one you guys were talking 100% about. 100% hotter or something. 100% hotter? Bint robot. The bint robot. So... <laughs> so yeah, like, again. So the people... Darth so the bird people, makeover. The people that are the judges on the show, though, that are standing there going, honestly, love, you look like shit, are all wearing... No like, offense, just, yeah, but you look <laughs> like a bird that's been hit by a lorry... <laughs> is, is that what they say? Yeah, you look like the dumpster out of the back of a Tesco's, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, he fingered me. It was absolute rubbish. <laughs> and like, and so the people, the people that are meant to look like super fucking awesome fashion plates, telling these poor dipshits how fucking terrible they look, are all just wearing like uh, skinny jeans with like skinny blue jeans with rips all down the front of them from ankle to fucking thigh and like a, a long black uh, loose t-shirt and I'm like they all just look like some cunt walking around in Sydney that's it mm. that was it their entire look was just I'm I'm a Sydney dick and I was like it's not that impressive it's not that impressive as looks go maybe it's impressive in England Bloody old England. <laughs> Jolly old England. Uh, Theo enjoyed it on the last uh, bonus episode when I started off the show just doing a British accent and just tried to see how long I could keep going for. It's about 45 seconds. It was <laughs> over a minute, thank you. Well over a minute. Anyway, so Fraser Anning's a massive uh, Nazi, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big Seems time. to yeah be for, for all... I mean, like... I, you know, I understand. I get it when people say like, "Oh, you can't just call you can't just call everything a Nazi, otherwise, like you know, when the real Nazis turn up, what are we going to call them?" But like Nazis. This, du- this dude's a fucking Nazi for real. This dude's like, he's just a straight up super white supremacist. Final solution, want motherfucker. Uh, we also have a friend of the show, One Nation's Pauline Hanson, or. Pauline Hanson's One Nation's Pauline Hanson. I guess you should say. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> if we're gonna be if we're gonna be accurate. And we should be. Yep. And uh she moved a motion in the Senate today that it is, quote, okay to be white. Uh now the the notice of the motion, which I will read out to you here, word for word, it says uh, Mr President <laughs> I give notice that on the next day of sitting, I shall move that the Senate acknowledge A, the deplorable rise of anti-white racism and attacks on Western civilization. B, it is okay to be white. Senator Hanson. So, it, I mean, yeah. let's... Is it okay to be white? Number one. No. Oh. <laughs> We're cancelling the show. All right, we're done. 
cancelling a show of extremely white voices. Um, like, it's pretty wild that Australia now has senators introducing motions that are literally white supremacist slogans. Like, that's... it's it, I, I don't know what else to say about it other than it is literally a slogan used by white supremacists. Uh, the a- whole reason she's introducing it is because Laura Luma, uh, or fucking whoever it was that came over recently, uh, was it Laura Luma or was it the other one? Uh, I- Lauren Southern. Lauren Southern, I think. Lauren Southern came over here recently and was wearing a shirt around that says, it's okay to be white. In beautiful Brisbane, Queensland, she arrived in the ro- most racist city in the country wearing a racist t-shirt hoping to stir up outrage. Instead, every single person in the airport dropped what they were doing. The pilots, the air traffic controllers, every single goddamn person. The children, the people holding babies, they dropped what they were doing. They turned around to her and they gave her a double barrel thumbs up. <laughs> Just the biggest fucking grin. Oh, cheers, mate. Oh, bloody hell, you're not wrong. Cheers, eh? Uh, yeah, so that's pretty fucking wild. I also like that she uh, that she manages to get uh, deplorable into that first first little clause there. The deplorable rise of anti-white racism, which also seems like it's pretty linked to uh, Mark Latham and his, his court doldrums. Oh, have you guys seen how uh, how David Lane Holm is uh, is up for his his defamation case? Oh, is he counter suing uh, Sarah Hansen Young, claiming that she is defaming herself? Is that what I saw today? I think no. I I don't know if he's counter suing. I just think part of his defense is him saying. Actually, what I said was fine, and what she said was bad, and also she's making me sound bad with the stuff she's saying. Like he's he's saying, oh, she she actually defamed me in the first place by calling me a misogynist and all the shit. Um, but yeah, it's it's good news that the the barrister that he has retained for this, oh sorry, the barrister, or the solicitor. I know there's a difference between them in Australia. Just don't know what it is. Uh, the solicitor that he has retained for this is the solicitor that just got uh, dumped by Mark Latham after having his entire defense thrown out of court by the judge for being fucking ludicrous. Um, he's also he's also the lawyer who it was in the last couple of years this guy like uh, tried to tried to get himself out of a speeding fine by citing a two hundred year old law. And it was this guy. Sounds good. So real gun, real gun. Wouldn't you feel confident being like, ah, I want, I want this guy to help me win against the SJWs, and then see the like week long thrashing his defense got in the media from the judge and everybody else in the fucking country, and then go, yep, full steam ahead. <laughs> Glad you're on the team. I think uh, he's probably just thinking that like the judge failed to see the genius in the in the defence, but it's definitely going to work uh, when he tries it because yeah. he's much smarter as well. You have to remember that David Leonheim is a very very smart man, super genius, uh, super genius. Yeah, he probably. Uh... God, who knows what he thinks is happening at this point. 
so you know, there's all there's all of these things that we've already discussed as far as um, racial stuff going really great, and of course, former senator uh, Clive Palmer, who is still like he's still making weird billboards and shit, and acting like he's gonna do politics again. What's the deal with that? Have either of you guys seen any of those billboards? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, fucking they're, everywhere. They're all over Brisbane. It is super depressing. Um, so, they are... So, it's a, a full yellow um, background with just him, two thumbs up, um, and the slogan... I'm going to get it wrong. Um, does anyone know specifically what the slogan is? Because I, I'm, all I'm going to do is say, make Australia great. So oh, I right? that's what it's, it was. It's definitely something along those lines. I think it's I think it's make Australia great because it's almost make Australia great again. Um, because obviously he's trying to ride the the tide of of nationalism, reactionism that like everyone else is um, happily riding alongside as as well. Um, while it's just make Australia great, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I thought so, um, but. Are we are we going to lead into his spicy meme stash then? Is that where we're headed with this? Yep, that's where we're going. Because so, he started with like, I think like what two, three years ago was it, Andrew? That he's like started posting on like he hired some social media guy, right? They were like his, they were related to him, right? Like they were yeah. like his kids or nephews or some shit. Sure, and they were like. Irreverent posts that sort of semi-poked fun of him, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is not not everybody, but everyone's stupid." Was like, "Oh, this is you know pretty funny." Or, or they um, were I love like political re- memes. Yeah, or they were repurposing existing memes, but like inserting oh, yeah, yeah, him yeah. into them. Uh, ab- absolutely, or all it was. of the yeah, yeah, all, all the zeitgeists from like six months prior. Uh, with just like Clive Palmer in there, in there somewhere, and it was uh, extremely dumb and obviously manipulative, but mostly harmless. And, and then now it has segued into just full-on, flat-out uh, anti-Semitic 4chan meme type territory. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, so for example, at, posted at one o'clock in the morning. Great time for your interns to be posting weird racist shit online uh the official clive palmer facebook page as well as palmer's meme page the palmy army posted the following meme so uh it has photos of uh, mel gibson on the phone and taylor swift on the phone with the quotes uh they've been kicked out of 109 countries taylor how can that be a coincidence wow mel you're so smart so, uh, yeah, it's just in uh, flat out and then where's Nazi territory. Clive, Clive Palmer and all of this. Uh, good question. No, nowhere involved in this meme other than it's on his page, I guess. Uh, but in this article from Junkie by a friend of the show, Rob Stott, talking about this, he says uh, the they in the meme is a reference to Jewish people, obviously. And Gibson and Swift are ironic icons of the anti-Semitic alt-right because of their perceived right-wing sympathies. It's unlikely that Palmer posted the meme himself. He appears to have a team of content creators working for him. The Palmiami page carries Palmer's official endorsement and links to his verified Facebook and Twitter profiles. The image remains on both pages. 
Uh, below the posts <laughs> were a number of comments containing more anti-Semitic memes and jokes, including references to Hitler and the Holocaust. So, for example, we have a, a reply with a picture of Hitler that says, I was trying to help. Uh, another reply that says, uh, wasn't it 359 times? With a link to a post saying, Jews kicked out of at least 359 countries. Uh, oh, yeah, and then we've got the, the full-on, like, um, gross, uh, you know, the, the shlomo Jewish caricature meme thing uh, of the caricature of the hook-nosed Jew rubbing his hands together. The caption, imagine being so disgusting there have to be laws to try to stop normal people from hating you. So, it's pretty fucked up. Really fucked up. Um, yeah, and it just just makes you wonder what's going on there. Because so the one I I saw that really drew my attention was um, so it's a guy. It's Bill Shorten, um, and there's like a disembodied hand. Um, it, it's oh, a cartoon. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, disembodied yeah. hand from the unions shoving money in his pocket while he walks up a stairway um, of uh, a number of, um, like, caricatures um, stepping on their heads, uh, beginning with race mix, gay marriage. Um, now, there's a... I have to zoom in. I haven't got my glasses on, but I'm pretty certain that is uh, the trans symbol. Um, Legalised drugs... Trans rights, uh, and then uh, the um, sickle and hammer. Uh, now, this was originally um, a okay. So the 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 genesis of this is a little unclear to me because it's got Ben Garrison's name on it that that's being attributed, but it's also got a big Shlomo kind of. Um, See, before this, it was a, as well. Before this, it was a Mike uh, a Mike Cernovich cartoon right so in its original form it was posted by Mike Cernovich saying mm-hmm. thank you to Ben Garrison for drawing it um, it came across to me as though he had commissioned it yeah the thing That's- the thing that strikes me is that is the uh, you know horrible racist Jewish character that is not in Ben Garrison's style yeah so, so it, th- it really feels like a few things mashed together here well, all right, so the original cartoon is a Ben Garrison comic, which I believe uh, Mike Cernovich commissioned him to do, which has Mike Cernovich step walking up this group of people, and they're all, they originally had different labels, so they were originally like SJWs, feminists, and, you know, um, all the people who get mad at fucking Mike Cernovich for whatever. Um, Mike Cernovich is holding a, a copy of or holding a book and it says book sales on it with like money coming out of it and Mike Cernovich is saying thanks you know lefties or whatever you make it so easy now the reason I assume that he commissioned this is because nobody gives a fuck about what Mike Cernovich is doing at any given point the idea that Ben Garrison would think that he was like relevant enough to draw a cartoon about seems ridiculous to me. It was also originally posted from Mike Cernovich's Twitter account saying, thanks, 
Gur Comics or whatever his fucking handle is. So so it looks very much to me like he is he has commissioned a self-aggrandizing cartoon and said put this in it. It has then been co-opted by like racist 4chaners who have put the the you know gross uh shlomo Jewish thing on there and relabeled those things to be like trans rights and all that sort of stuff. Uh, obviously doing like a, a whole cultural Marxism bit. Uh, and it is then, in a third permutation, been co-opted by people to put Bill Shorten on there. They've left all the labeling the same of like, uh, you know, trans rights and gay rights and uh, all those different things, except they've added that he's getting the money from... I Like, I don't even know how this is supposed to work. You're getting money from union sources to like uh, prosecute the cultural Marxist agenda to destroy the country for a reason. I don't really get it, but the point is that, yeah, it's gone through these, these several variations to get to this point of being posted on Clive Palmer's page, this thing that is really clearly a pretty horribly, horribly anti-Semitic meme. And like, I'm sure that we've talked about this before on the show, but like anti-Semitism is already as, as weird to me as, as any other kind of naked bigotry. Uh, more often than not, I think the people who are really noisy about their bigotry, the, the louder they are about it, the less interaction they actually have with that kind of person in their real life. Like the, the Bendigo mosque protesters, you know? Mm. Um, oh, is your is your day-to-day life in Bendigo being horribly disrupted by Muslims? Um, and that's that's why a lot of this stuff is really weird to me because, like, you know, while while I already find it weird and gross, I find it even weirder in Australia, where I'm sure that our Jewish population is like even smaller than it would be in the states, and I'm sure that like the number of people who would have interactions with like Jewish people let alone people they could actually identify as Jewish would be so small like how many times do you guys think you've ever run into someone that you've been able to tell by looking at them or speaking to them was an orthodox Jew in Australia I mean orthodox Jews are relatively easy to spot well, that, that's my point, is that that's one of the, one of the only ways that you, that you would even be able to tell. Well, I, I think I, the, the suburb that I uh, grew up in in Sydney was, had a massive, massive population of South African Jews for some reason. Uh, all, all the kids at my, my school went to Hebrew school after, after regular school, except old me. So you basically picked the worst person to ask, Andrew. Yeah, apparently. I think also, um, <laughs> George is Jewish. Really? Yeah. I mean, she's not practicing, but she's no, no, she's no. Jewish. There you go. Yeah. My my point being though, very often po- is the answer to your question. <laughs> my my point remains the same though, which is, do you think that any any random person who like met George and talked to her would come away from it going? Man, what a Jew. Oh, she's the worst like, Jew in the world. Like, yeah, she has no idea about it, anything at all. No, she doesn't even know. 
I just don't understand who these fucking people are in Australia who are like, yeah, we should all hate the Jews. It's like, where the fuck are you getting this from? Yeah, well, it's it's so Jen. weird. Yeah, um, but but like, it's just, just edge lordism, like, isn't it? It's where we are though politically. Though we spend so much time speaking about stuff that's just totally ethereal to like our actual lives. Like we're not talking about like Clive Palmer's not talking about making making people's lives better, right? Like you know, raising the the funding of hospitals by X amount, or you know, or, or what have you. It's just like this attempt to tap into some universal flow of hatred that apparently wins votes because it's something like we're so petty and and like small-minded in Australia that we we just have no connection with the real issues like we never talk about it all we all we do is we talk about like um why it should be okay to be super to draw super racist cartoons like and just stuff that's just not going to affect us materially in any way it's so but i don't know whether it's actually going to like disqualify clive palmer from actually doing anything nothing nothing seems to like actually stop him from continuing to be on billboards or whatever as long as he's got money like it doesn't it doesn't sift anybody out from from this process. Yeah, as long as he's still a billionaire who has never been forced to give any of his money back to any of those people that he's fucking ripped off over the years. Yeah, but it's the same with Pauline Hanson, right? They're not talking about, um, you know, about actual material changes. It's just it's just all purely reactionary against stuff that doesn't matter, um, and it wins votes. Like people go nuts for it in certain. Um, electorates um, and I don't know it's probably probably going to get worse yeah all in Queensland guys yeah it's very depressing yeah um, sorry about that yeah I am sorry for voting for Pauline Hanson <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah yeah you guys got any solutions or what um indiscriminately kill all the racists hmm Hmm. Okay. Is that the I mean, you somewhat says, uh, discriminately. I mean, you literally you have to single people out to do that. So discriminately kill all the racists. Right. Right. Uh, what about you, Theo? Any any answers? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't really want to make a Holocaust joke or anything. So. <laughs> Um, don't yeah if you, don't, if you can won't. avoid it will, that is my won't. solid recommendation Abs- absolutely anytime so, you can avoid it I um, no I have no no solutions welcome to Buena Vista uh, political comedy podcast yeah uh, specifically anti-holocaust let's just um, I can't believe that we have to say this now. Uh, we are but there an is another Australian podcast of the same name that is pro-Holocaust. Uh, and <laughs> we are not affiliated. We are not that one. Yeah, you always have to listen until 40 minutes in to figure out which one you're listening to when they actually Because we do say. record them both. I mean, we, <laughs> we are on both. You are just listening to an episode of the anti-Holocaust one. Hmm. <sighs> <sighs> very depressing very depressing folks it's enough to make you feel a little bit low but hey 
Don't do it. But hey, if you're thinking about getting high, <sighs> who gets higher than people who repair the roofs of cathedrals? <laughs> that. Well, pilots for one. Astronauts. Anyway. Uh, people that do the like uh, low earth orbit skydiving, those guys. Yeah. Uh, men with weird mustaches who operate hot air balloon tours. Uh, me, the day that I make a new batch of brownies and don't measure how strong they are. Yep. Um, I'm probably uh, geographically higher than a lot of people that are um, repairing roofs, I'd say now. Uh, Sherpas. Definitely Sherpas. <laughs> All those dead people who are frozen to the side of Everest. Oh, just don't look at them. I think that's what they tell you before you climb Everest. <laughs> don't hey, look at the, the bodies. See those lumps? See those lumps? Don't worry about it. Those people-shaped You are going to be tempted lumps? by the dead bodies. <laughs> hmm. They will Avert your eyes. scream at you in a hellish voice to come lie down next to them. <laughs> Just keep walking. <laughs> um, now, High-voltage line <laughs> repair men. I... Don't think that's true. I feel like most power tall. lines would be lower than the roof of a cathedral. No, no, the high voltage ones, though, they're very tall. Oh, I guess if you're talking like the ones that are for between urban centres. The, yeah, the really... high, high voltage ones, yes. Now, Andrew, you were saying something about cathedrals, if I recall correctly. I was. Here's a little story that I thought would interest you, Ben. Oh. I suppose I'll, we, just, I, I'll just sit out for a bit. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. I could have, I could have done a much more depressing segue to this uh, because I'm talking about Germany in 1930. Uh, all right. <laughs> On March 26, 1930, four roofers in this small West German town inscribed a message to the future. Difficult times of war lie behind us. They wrote. After describing the soaring inflation and unemployment that followed the First World War, they concluded, "We hope for better times soon to come." The roofers rolled the message into a clear glass bottle and hid it in the roof of the town's 12th century cathedral. Then they patched the roof's only opening back up. 88 years later, while doing maintenance work, 52-year-old roofer Peter Brandt happened upon the bottle. He recognised the letterhead of the receipt paper on which the note was written, as well as the name of one of the signatories. Uh, Willie Brandt, a shy 18-year-old roofing apprentice at the time of the note's creation, was his grandfather. Ha! Oh. Pretty wild, right? That's nuts. Finding finding a message in a bottle in a cathedral roof that your own grandfather put there 88 years ago. And that roofer's name was Adolf Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Come on. It was an exciting find, Peter Brandt said, given the improbability of discovering the bottle in the same roof his grandfather repaired almost a century earlier. The letter, Brandt said, is from a much darker chapter of Germany's past. Tell me more. I haven't heard anything about this. But its discovery offered an opportunity to reflect on the relative peace and prosperity of the present, even if the day's headlines paint a dire picture. He has memorized one of the message's lines in particular. Quote, we worked an entire week for one pound of butter and one bread. (laughs) Man. (laughs) So you got 500 grams of butter... And you that's not what a pound is. That's not what a pound is. A pound it is, is absolutely what a pound is. What do you? Th- what is? It's probably not. What do you call six, a pound? 
Is it 600? No. 2.2 2. I'm going to go... I'm, no, this, yeah, 2.2 kilos is in a pound. 2.2 pounds a kilo. kilo. So yeah. It's about 400 and... It's 453 grams. I'm sorry that I was off by 47 it's not 500. grams. It's not 500. I think it's close. I would have said 500, Ben. I'm with you. Thanks. Sick of this. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. You know, I just try and say things on this podcast. And I feel like what I do, someone swoops in with something unnecessarily pedantic and then takes it off in a completely different direction. I don't know Is that what happens, Ben? Is that what happens? I want to know how big the one bread was. Well, yeah, because if yours had got roughly 500 grams of butter, that's mm-hmm. uh, how much you're buttering your bread. That's like a, that's a one-to-one bread-to-butter ratio. Well, because normally a tub of butter is, what, 250 grams, right? Yeah, yeah, about, yeah, about two-thirds of a pound. <laughs> <laughs> and generally, I find a, a, a tub of butter is going to last me for quite a few loaves of bread. Definitely more than one bread. I mean, am I am I being a fool here? Is there something else they're doing with the butter that I don't understand? Well, you are being it. a fool. You are being a fool because butter can be used for more than one thing. What if they're tossing a little butter in a skillet before they fry something up? You know? Yeah, but they're not getting anything else. All they've got is the bread and the butter. What if they're putting a little butter onto their uh, onto their peas once they've boiled them or however you cooked peas back in the 30s? Yeah, what if they're greasing? This. What if they're greasing each other's eighteen-year-old <laughs> assholes with this butter before diving in balls deep for an ecstatic and erotic experience up there in the rafters of a house of God? That was uh, shockingly eloquent for what it was that you were saying. You just described the plot to Last Tango in Paris, apart from the uh. German connection. You know, a lot of uses for butter. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't think that they had like, um, you know, water-based lube back then. Yeah, I don't know what they did back then. Because people were definitely having gay sex. I mean, for thousands were definitely of years. Fucking. I guess you just sort of used to what's at hand. I guess. Gee. Mm. Gee, certainly. <laughs> gee, I yeah, gee, do it. I uh, I broke one of my cardinal seal blubber. Iguana saliva. I broke one of my cardinal rules uh, about not fighting with idiots on the internet. Molasses. No. no. I don't even know why. I've never, I've never touched molasses. I don't. If know you had touched about. molasses, you would know that you should not put that onto anybody's <laughs> hole before trying to fuck it. Certainly. It's yeah. kind of the opposite of a lubricant. Very much. Oh yeah. Like almost more of a coagulant kind of deal at that point. Yeah, no molasses for me. Thank you. An adhesive. That was the word that I was thinking of. That's the opposite of a lubricant. Yeah, but molasses isn't really an adhesive, is it? It's sticky. It's certainly sticky. I think you could use molasses as an adhesive. I reckon you could relatively solidly mount a poster with molasses. Well, uh, I'm going to let you try that out. And let me know. Okay. Get back to me about it. So, uh, so there's your thoughts for the week on what you can and can't use to um, fuck an 18-year-old roofing apprentice uh, in the rafters of a chapel. 
don't really know where else to go from here, so we should probably wrap the show up. Oh, so now you don't have a segue. <laughs> because from that... I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's more impressed that you've done this well until now, but... Uh, thank you. I guess well, also, it's just, it's, just the end, it's just the end of the show. Um, well, what's our... Uh, I mean, look, I, I certainly could make a segue about, like, the buttered assholes and slipping into the end of the show. You know? And you just did. Wonderful. Welcome yeah. to the end Thank of you. the show. Uh, Welcome to the end of the show. Fantastic to have you. Thank you for coming around. Yep. Um, Sorry about all the racism that we've got going on. Uh, we, wish, we, we wish we could do a little less racism, to be honest. Should we have a, uh, a crime pass? <sighs> you have to wedge you the fuck out of anyone you see doing blackface in Australia. Yeah. I reckon if you're... Uh, if you're driving like a comically loud um, V8 muscle car uh, and you get the chance to, uh, you see a ramp and it's sort of before a large uh, Clive Palmer Make Australia Great <laughs> um, billboard, <laughs> your crime pass is to just, just launch straight through that bad boy. Just blast it apart with your 4,000 pounds of American pride. Uh, as always, folks, if you would like to get twice as many episodes per week, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista and subscribe. You can become a premium subscriber. Only $5 a month. It'll get you another episode. It'll get you uh, whatever the other stuff we have is. You can join the old Discord if you can figure out how to do it. Apparently, I should um, add something to the message we send you when you become a subscriber saying, hey, this is what that is and how to do it. Um, I've been getting messages from, from, from people. i got to sort it out. Uh, but, you know, go on. Sign up. Do yourself a treat. Get twice as many episodes. You're in the car all the time. You don't want to talk to your spouse. Uh, uh, you wanna, you wanna, yeah, you want to listen to some more of that. That's right, folks. Uh, and putting out a call for more five-star ratings on the iTunes store, please. We are still maintaining our perfect five-star rating. I we thought, haven't had any new, we haven't had any we new had, reviews in a while. I thought we had a one-star review. Oh, no. What I mean is our, our perfect five-star average. It's gone back up to five stars. I don't we, know we, how you can have an average of five stars sh- if they're... I do not ask how or why. All I know is that uh, if we go to the store, it says five stars. It went down for a bit. We got a couple of one-star reviews from people who said that we were both uh, too left-wing and not left-wing enough. But uh, they've been drowned Which is out. True, they're probably not not wrong. <laughs> and with that, folks, we will leave you to it. So until next week, uh, bye bye. 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 And I'll send you the uh, link to Four Candles as you'll do that. Oh, thanks. I'd love to know what I've heard of. Two candles, even three, but four. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Wild.